Hello, this is Michaela Folks with the Unbound Podcast, where we talk fat loss and fitness while having a sense of clarity, joy, and freedom for the body and the being inside it. You can find out more about me or more on these matters at MichaelaFolks.com, as well as on social media by the same name. Hello, my darlings. It's Michaela. So at any rate, I have been wanting to honestly do a little more research about carb loading and fat burning for athletes um, based on a conversation that got kicked off with a Dragon Boat team member weeks ago. So um, one thing that is sweet, loving, lovely to me is that at times my coach or certain or certain people on my team will ask um, for my input. Um, definitely, actually, I talk about a lot of things in terms of injury prevention and, um, you know, just even like I weigh in on our training and, you know, how it's potentially helping our performance, how long we need to recover, um, you know, what might be more taxing on particular uh, parts of our body. But at any rate, um, I've definitely shared some stuff around like what to eat, you know, on race day. Um, but anyway, one of my team members asked about carb loading and my immediate response back, my knee jerk response back was you can't store glucose. You can like basically glucose gets stored as fat when we have after, um, we can store it in our muscles, we store it in our liver, and we have kind of a maximum threshold, which is not that big, which I'll talk about in a second. And then it gets stored as fat. Anyway, he sent me an article, and these are my findings. <laughs> so the first thing that I want to say is, so carb loading, what I thought it was, and what a lot of people think it is, is essentially like, you know, having a big pasta dinner, like the night before an event. But it's not, it's a little more strategic than that. But actually, the first thing that I should say is that carb loading is actually for endurance events, for endurance athletes, but also for endurance athletes that are in a sugar burning mode. And I will talk about why this is <laughs> why this is not very effective and why fat burning is better. Um, but at any rate, athletes that are in a sugar burning mode, which most people on the planet are, um, can do carb loading to increase the amount of glucose uh, or glycogen that they have access to for a longer duration. Anyway, so at least, so basically endurance events, and these are for um, events that are 90 minutes or more. And what that population really equates to are people that are, you know, doing marathons, ultra marathons, triathlons, um, and carb loading, it's strategic, um, and it takes course either over a few weeks, there's a few different ways to do it, a few days, or at least 24 hours before your event. So at any rate, what I found in all of these is that essentially what ends up happening, this is cursory, I hope no one does this, <laughs> I hope if you are an endurance athlete, you get yourself out of a sugar burning mode and into a fat burning mode, because it would be so much easier, honestly, 
for you to be utilizing a much larger source of fuel. And I will talk about this when I get to my argument for why athletes should be fat adapted, um, certainly endurance ones. Anyway, so basically, it seems like all of these approaches essentially involved um, the longest one involved like tapering, reducing the workload over three weeks, carbohydrates staying the same, fat going down. And then the other two, basically six days before the event, um, in, involved, again, like an intense glycogen depleting workout, um, doing it again, like doing it multiple times within these six days, um, increasing carbohydrates, decreasing fat. And then the last one, they called it rapid loading, but it was 24 hours before and then um, I want to say that there was at least, I don't know if it was one or two, again, intense glycogen-depleting workouts followed with eating a lot more carbohydrates, less fat, and less protein. And that one even cited that it's often typical for people to gain a few pounds because water comes along with stored glucose for every molecule of glycogen there's three molecules of water. So if you're someone that has ever um, not gotten into a fat adapted state, not gotten into a fat burning state and just eliminated carbohydrates from your diet and you suddenly look ripped, that's why. It's because you lost water um, because when we go through our stored glycogen, water goes with it. Anyway, so the thing that I figured out like from reading this is that carb loading is kind of like making the best of a bad situation um, regarding being in a sugar burning state and needing sustained energy for, you know, over 90 minutes, being a marathon runner, being an ultra marathoner or being a triathlete. But <laughs> the other option to this equation is to be in a fat burning mode. Um, and how much easier it is, especially as endurance athletes to use fat for fuel, because that's really what it's meant for. It's meant for, um, sustained duration. And one thing I've talked about before is that when you are in a sprinting sport, that really is a sugar burning state when we need fuel quickly, our body automatically pulls from sugar. Like there's a certain period of time um, that we can kind of get away with it as a fat burner. And then our body will flip into a sugar burning mode. And this is something I've talked about before. I am actually kind of in awe of my body when it does this. Um, for race days with Dragon Boat, our races are short they are intense. They are like, you know, you go <laughs> almost to failure Like you can fail like just after the finish line, not before. Um, but at any rate, it is in an, an, it gets into an anaerobic state, um, which means that you are using sugar from, or glucose from your muscles versus an aerobic state, which is using oxygen and fat. So at any rate, um, so that happens. And then as a, someone who is a fat burner, my body just switches back the next day. So on race day, it's like, I'm hungry after our first race, I actually race in a fasted state. 
And then as soon as we're done with that race, I am ready to eat something that is carbohydrate rich. And that's, and so in, for those days, sprinters, um, basically high carbohydrate, low fat, moderate amount of protein, lean protein, that's kind of best for that situation. But the whole deal with sprinting is that, um, or needing fuel quickly is that our body has adapted to do that for survival. So even if you are like in my situation, um, you know, I might do intervals at practice a couple times a week, certainly not as intense as a race day. And then race is like five times a year. And so my body only flips into a sugar burning mode during race days. And then I aim to not do a ton of high intensity intervals because I want to stay in a fat burning mode. Um, but at any rate, uh, what did I want to say that basically, uh, being in a fat burning mode. So sugar burning, um, sprinting is going to require that, but the deal is you can switch out of it if you groomed your body to burn fat. And so one thing, um, that was useful in this second article that I checked out was that basically they talked about endurance athletes, like that you actually need a period of time. Like if you're going to be doing an excessive duration, you actually need a period of time, they cited several months of being in a fat burning mode to be really well established for your body to run on that. So that was just good for me to know. I mean, I've been doing this for years. Um, so it's a little less of a thing, but anyway, that was just kind of useful, um, for my own awareness for other people to be able to pass that, um, information along, but at any rate, so why, uh, carb loading is a thing is because most people are in a sugar burning mode and then to actually use the fat, um, they need to be established for a period of time. So in some respect, it's like, all right, I guess I can see the use of that, but still it's kind of like working within a system that doesn't work really well. Um, one person, uh, in the second article that I checked out, just talking about the argument for, um, burning fat for athletes, who is a marathon runner. He just talked about the fact that in his races, he's now decreased his in-race fueling by over 50%. And so that's the, like, you know, uh, people that are eating, I think they're called blocks, but basically they're like gelatin and they're sugar uh, or sugary, they're sweet. You know, they're drinking like sweetened drinks, maybe with electrolytes in them to give themselves quick, sugar, quick fuel, um, because their glycogen reserves are potentially they're depleting. Are they depleted? I'm not sure. I think that's where bonking comes in, but at any rate, um, so even for a fat adapted athlete, there is some need to refuel during, um, a long distance run, but someone who is a fat burner, has the ability just for, you know, this, um, test subject here to decrease their in-race fueling by over 50%, which is significant and very cool. Um, anyway, so I just thought to share additionally, some, um, additional benefits for fat burners who are athletes, but the truth is this kind of runs into like everyday people as well. Um, 
or people that are athletic or that, you know, do like to exercise, but it's kind of good across the board, frankly. Um, so one thing that is uh, of benefit is that basically being in a fat burning mode as an athlete enables you to have stable energy delivery. And why is because fat is abundant and it's efficient. So basically molecule to molecule, fat to sugar, um, or fat to glucose, there's like 16 times more energy in a molecule of fat than there is of glucose. And so it's like, all right, well, that's like hefty. Um, and then basically fat adapted athletes, they can just exercise longer again with this steady supply of energy because there's more of it. Um, and there's more energy in it. Um, in our basically like with sugar burners. So we store, uh, we store sugar in our muscles. We store sugar in our liver. Um, and when we go through that, we bonk, we fail. <laughs> um, and that's actually also when, um, our body can start to mine our muscles for glucose as well. Um, to look for more fuel, to break protein down, to use it as fuel. Um, because it hasn't been trained to use fat. And so it's just kind of like sad and tragic, frankly. Um, number two is glycogen sparing. Um, and so I just shared that glycogen is the stored glucose in muscles and in our liver. And so why that's beneficial is because the truth is our bodies are designed to keep us alive and to encourage us to procreate. So basically, <laughs> um, a power greater than us wants us to continue on, to not perish and to populate, um, to not die out as a species. So we have all these either safeguards in place or motivations in place to stay alive and to reproduce. So at any rate, the whole thing, why glycogen storing or sparing is actually advantageous is because we might need it. And what that means is that the reason why a sugar burning mode is advantageous and or necessary for our survival is that that's the state when we, um, that's the fight or flight state. That's the state when we need to defend ourselves when we need to run away from something, um, when we need to act quickly often either to keep us from harm or to stay alive. And so basically when we're running on fat, we always have that reserve in the tank. We never have to tap into that. And so that is actually like, you know, depending on your, uh, your lifestyle, the environment you live in, um, or just even sprinting, you know, if you want to use this for exercise, it is meant, uh, to, Basically, when you're running on fat, we still have access to this high-octane, fast, uh, quickly called for energy should we need it or should we want it. But really, it's should we need it. Um, and that's to keep us safe and to keep us alive. But anyway, glucose um, is there for high-intensity efforts. And so whether that is like to keep you okay or to enable you to sprint to the finish line. 
um, but you have it when it's needed. Number three um, is increasing recovery from chronic inflammation. And so basically athletes, um, so inflammation is something that basically is kind of like the root of um, most diseases that take our population out nowadays, um, degenerative diseases. So things like high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, cancer, even things like arthritis, asthma, allergies, like, uh, it just goes down the list. Um, but at any rate, athletes, so exercise is one of the three things I need to do a podcast on this that basically helps with inflammation, helps prevent degeneration. However, when we do exercise to a certain degree, I don't know exactly what that is, frankly, but people that do exercise a lot, people that are professional athletes or that are quite athletic actually have more inflammation in their bodies. Um, what they're doing uh, can create more inflammation and or degeneration because of using their body so much. So you can deal with that with antioxidant support. I will talk about this in this future podcast. Um, and this is something I rely on so heavily in terms of like pharmaceutical grade supplementation to help rebuild my body, protect my body, um, prevent premature aging. But at any rate, one of the other parts of um, preventing premature aging is having an anti-inflammatory diet and a fat burning diet is that. Um, fat is something that does not create inflammation in the body. It is something that does not create as much metabolic waste as sugar does. Um, sugar is kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum in terms of, um, just being a fuel that does not burn as cleanly. Um, but at any rate, when you're on, when you're in a fat burning, uh, mode and you're eating a fat burning diet, basically, um, it is an anti-inflammatory diet. And that is something that increases recovery and also does not get in the way of recovery, um, which is something that a sugar burning diet can do more carbohydrate rich. Um, number four, and this is something I talk about like with my fat burners and what I, um, a reason why I'm such an evangelist about this mode, um, or this lifestyle is that it normalizes appetite. And basically what that means is it decreases cravings and it decreases hunger. Excuse me. And so with that, like, this is why it's so much easier to lose weight <laughs> because it's like, well, if you're not craving, you know, the Oreos or the Doritos or the donut or ice cream every night or whatever it might be, and you're less hungry, it's easier to not eat that crap. And it's also just easier to eat less. And what that means is you're not eating food that's like garbage and empty, um, you know, full of empty calories. Um, and you're just eating less food in general, you're eating less calories in general. And so it's just easier to lose weight. But at any rate, this article just cited that, um, you know, it enables athletes to eat supportive foods more easily and avoid junk foods. And it's like, yes. So an athlete might have a little more awareness about the fact that their food is really fuel, which I try to reinforce. Um, food is pleasurable. Food is 
we've used it for many things. I talk about emotional eating and my journey steadily away from that. But food is really fuel. And so at any rate, for athletes, they tend to potentially um, kind of put it into that category a little bit more, which is great. Um, But being in a fat adapted state or a fat burning mode, it just makes it easier for them to make supportive choices that really help their performance as well as their health, as well as their waistline. Um, And the last thing I just want to cite, and again, this is for like mere mortals as well as people that are doing superhuman athletic feats, um, is that being in a fat burning mode basically enables you to build muscle and lose fat more easily. And the reason why is because it's using fat for fuel. And so you don't run the risk of your body uh, compromising your muscle mass, tapping into your muscle mass um, to find fuel, especially if you're at a caloric deficit. So there is, um, there is a limit. And this is actually something with my fat burners and fat burning mastery. We deliberately have carb feasts. And so that's something, my opinion and my experience is that the body does need carbohydrates, but you can use them strategically. So we've gotten our bodies to, um, we've groomed them, we've trained them to use fat for fuel. Sugar is, or glucose is so much easier, but we've groomed them to use the fat for fuel, which is awesome. A little bit of a process. Should you wish to know about that, check out Michaela Folks on social media, MichaelaFolks.com, Fat Burning Mastery. Can read all about it, um, but at any rate, uh, what ends up happening with that is that um, so we're tapped into fat, and that is the fuel that we are using. So muscle doesn't get messed with when one's in a sugar burning mode, um, and they are aiming to reduce weight. Cal- calories being decreased is the way that weight loss works. Um, hormones play a huge role. And we address this as well in fat burning mastery, but with behaviors also with uh, supplementation and then also with our food. But what can happen, especially with sugar burners, when they're aiming to lose weight is that basically when the body feels deprived of fuel and you haven't taught it to run on something else, what it can do is it can go through your glucose reserves and then start to break your muscles down for fuel. Because the truth is, because our bodies want to survive, it knows, they know, she knows, that basically you can like live in the wild with no food for longer, with more fat on your frame than more muscle on it. So basically, in a way to be, um, uh, basically to increase the chance of your survival because it thinks that you might be starving, it will compromise muscle mass, retain fat um, in order to make sure that you stay alive. If your body is, if how you're approaching weight loss basically is making your body feel compromised and then it's just easier in a sugar burning mode to create that situation. However, in a fat burning mode, and this is why we have our carb feasts um, because it re-ups certain hormone levels um, and enables your body to not plateau and to not tap into muscle mass, um, and to continue to lose weight in a way that feels comfortable, a way that, um, in a manner that it doesn't feel compromised. 
So at any rate, so when you're in a fat burning mode, um, losing fat is the deal. Maintaining muscle is the deal. And then should you wish to build more, depending on what your exercise habits are, that is absolutely an option. One thing that a lot of people will say to me, um, so I work with a lot of busy moms, a lot of professional moms, um, like women that are like running, you know, these little mini empires taking care of a fleet of people, um, is that a lot of them do not exercise because of, uh, or that's not the first thing that happens, um, because their lives are full and they're incorporating this information, but they still lose fat. And what I get from a lot of them is they talk about having more definition and it's not because they've actually grown their muscle. It's that they've maintained their muscle and they've just reduced the fat over it. So they actually are leaner, but they look more defined despite actually having built their muscles, which is pretty cool. All right. So I think that's it. I think that's all I wanted to say. But anyway, that was so eye opening for me and also laughable. So carb loading is for endurance athletes, but it's really like making the best of a bad situation for a sugar burner. Um, endurance athletes are really better served being in a fat burning mode um, because you have so much more fuel to uh, tap into. And that fuel molecule to molecule is like 16 times, contains 16 times more energy. Um, Sprinting athletes really do flip into a sugar burning mode. But like I've found with my dragon boat racing is that, um, you know, the level that I'm at or how often we're doing this, basically I flip, um, not there were slouches, but I'm not like on the Olympic dragon boat racing team. So that might be a different situation. Um, but anyway, so I flip into a sugar burning mode on race days, not on practice days. Um, but as soon as the race is over the next day, I am back in a fat burning mode. And that is the option that we have, which is so awesome. Sugar burning mode is really meant to keep us safe. It's meant for us. It's meant for us when we're in a, um, a fight or flight state, but not as we're just like going along in our life. Um, or even exercising, um, unless we're kind of like going all out, but even so we don't necessarily have to tip the scales and we don't have to stay there when, as soon as we're done. All right. So anyway, I hope that was useful. I hope this was just like one other brick in the wall of like clarity and, um, what do I want to say? Like, enthusiasm and attraction and deep belief in the mode of fat burning and why it is so much better. Um, we didn't even get into like the health benefits that I stumbled across as well, which I already am aware of. And maybe we should talk about another time. Let me know if that's not clear. Um, I know we talked about the fact that it's an anti-inflammatory diet and that just has far reaching repercussions. Um, but at any rate, I hope this gave you a little more backing, um, you know, shed light on what carb loading really is, who it's meant for, um, and why fat burning is so much better in general. Um, even for the people that would do such a thing <laughs> as carb loading, um, to help them in their races and athletic endeavors. All right. As well as any other person, basically. Um, that's it. All right. Uh, be in touch for any reason. 
happy to answer any questions. Um, what else? And yes, be in touch. Check me out on social media, Michaela folks, Michaela folks.com. Um, send out weekly blog posts. Sometimes they're the same as this podcast and often they are different. Um, but definitely get connected if this information is uh, attractive or curious or enticing. Um, and, uh, and be in touch if there's anything more I can do. All right. Anyway, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening. Love to all. And, uh, until next time.